Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Last week we talked about the conferences and our reactions to them. This week it's kind of our E3 wrap-up. We're mainly going to be focusing on the games we really enjoyed. Um, main stipulation being that we had to have seen gameplay. Obviously we weren't fortunate to have like access at E3 or anything like that. None of us went, but... Um, um, I was behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, there's Jordan, has joined me as always. Uh, and Dom. respect. Dom as well. Hi. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to do this round-robin style. Uh, we each came up with our list of our five favorite uh, games of the show, and then at the end we'll talk about our cumulative one, which you'll probably be able to figure out by um, listening to our lists. Uh, or just looking at the rest of the internet. Exactly. <laughs> um, so my number five is... Uh, this was tough. I had three written down, and I ultimately had to come to one, obviously. Uh, I ended up putting a way out. Um, solely, the reason it beat out the other two, and I'll tell you what the other two were, it was... Mario Kingdom, uh, Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle and Sea of Thieves. I cut off Sea of Thieves not because I'm not excited for it and I enjoyed what they had to show this year. It's just that it was a known quantity. Um, Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle is a game that I'm really anticipating. I'm, it's, I'm going to pick it up when I get my Switch. But I think that A Way Out did a lot. It proved that EA is putting money into EA Originals. Uh, you know, Faye and uh, Unraveled are cool looking games. They, they're not very high budget. They do read as indie games. And though A Way Out doesn't read as a AAA, it's obvious that they put a lot of money into it, right? Um, yeah. So, and I like the concept of, like, you can play this co-op but uh, online, but we want you to play couch co-op. I think that's really cool. Um, the passion from the developer is huge. And, uh, yeah, it's cool to see arguably the most exciting new IP from EA is an indie game. And that's really awesome, so... I don't want to say too much about A Way Out because a lot has been said, and I don't know if you guys have it on your list at all, but it was really cool. Um, great to see a focus on co-op. You know, there was a couple of years there where couch co-op was quote-unquote dead, but now with the likes of Overcooked and a bunch of other games, including now A Way Out, I think couch co-op is going to return in heavy fashion, especially considering 343 said it's going to be coming back in Halo 6 too. So I'm excited for A Way Out. comes out next year, unfortunately. We have to wait a long time, but I'll wait all I have to to play that game. So who wants to go up next with your number five? I will. I think that uh, Mario Rabbids, that's my number five, was uh, probably one of the biggest surprises of this year, just because not, obviously we knew what was happening, but uh, it was a pleasant surprise in the fact that a lot of people, myself included, were <laughs> really just looking at this game as a joke, um, which, you know, isn't wrong, seeing as how it was described with the uh, the worlds colliding and the four Mario characters and the four rabbits being dressed up as them. So, um, regardless of that, the actual gameplay that was shown looking much like, uh, as many have stated, XCOM and uh, just a strategy game in general, it is a lot more interesting than I ever expected it to be and something that I'm actually uh, thinking I'll probably play now. Um, so, that, uh, I put it down at the bottom of my list just because of the fact that um, it was a pleasant surprise, but it definitely didn't, I wouldn't say, like, blew my socks off or anything. So, um, definitely excited for that game, and um, I, I do think it, it showed a lot better than um, plenty of other games that we saw this year. Uh, Super Mario Enemy Unknown, as many people are <laughs> quoting it as. <laughs> ah, yeah, I like that. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I think the uh, the reveal of the Donkey Kong rabbit was cool, um, and I like that they aren't like turning away from the like the rabbit's personalities. Like they could easily done like, no, the rabbits you knew are no more. This is a more serious take on the rabbits. Or like you know trying to essentially that they would be worried that people wouldn't give in to the rabbits. Like, no, it's a dumb story. The rabbits take over the the mushroom kingdom, and you know uh, Mario and his friends see them as a nuisance. They see them as a disease. They want to get rid of them. Uh, it's really cool, so uh, I'm excited too. I think it was a it was a, it was a pleasant surprise, like you said, because unlike Assassin's Creed, which I think performed well as far as demoing and stuff like that, it didn't surprise us because the leaks weren't things that gave us a bad taste about Assassin's Creed. They were just like, okay, this is what it's going to be. Whereas the Kingdom Battle leaks were like, ooh, I don't know about this, I don't know, and then it lowered right. expectations, you know. So right. I think that was cool too. I agree with you. Um, it didn't make my list, but I think the Rabbids get a lot of undeserved hate, just in general. Really? Rabbids Is it undeserved? <laughs> I don't I get it. I mean, I don't have much experience with the Rabbids, but I think they're kind of funny. 
I think I it's know. a cool thing to dislike. It's like the minions. Like personally, I don't hate them or like them. They're just I'm indifferent on them. But I do understand why many people dislike them. It's you know, comedy is one of the most subjective things, right? So it's like to some people it's gonna be like, Oh, it's whatever, they they're a little annoying or it doesn't bother me. To some people it's gonna be like, I hate these things, I wish they didn't exist, you know. Um But I do agree with you like, I the don't minions, have a Sorry, I don't have a burning passion against them. I just think um, they're extremely ugly more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not one of these. I'm I'm the opposite of these people that are like, look at a pug dog, and they're like, oh, it's so cute. Like if something's ugly, it's ugly to me. So yeah. Um, I don't I don't go with like ugly cute or whatever, and that's part of it. But also, I do think like they're kind of just obnoxious. That's why I think most people don't like well, them and the minions is that they're, they're just just kind of fucking annoying. <laughs> I think they're uh, the thing with the rabbits is they have like those Christopher Walken eyes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Got some Steve Buscemi. Steve look to Buscemi, him. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Not Christopher Walken. Uh, yeah, yeah. those Steve Buscemi eyes. It's just like yeah, they're they're more hard on the eyes than they are on the ears, and it's like ugh. Um, what's your <laughs> number right. five though? No. Yeah, getting getting to the real list here. My number five, God of War. Oh, okay, five! Because... I thought it would be higher. That's surprising. Yeah. No, I. It... This five is this is an honor. Uh, <laughs> an honor. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting fan mail from uh, Santa Monica because I put them so high on my list. Of course, yeah. but um, mostly because this is one that last E3 it kind of it kind of took me by surprise. Like, oh, this is what they're doing with God of War, but it wasn't quite enough to you know totally sell me on it. Um, but after seeing more of the gameplay of the actual you know the actual fighting. And that giant sea serpent monster that, it, I don't know, that moment that was just, I don't know, it felt just real hype to me. I was like, oh, okay. We got some, like, Dark Souls-level scale in, in your enemies here, although the sea serpent apparently is, is actually an ally. I don't know. We'll see. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but the game looked good in every sense that a game can look good to me. And the actual gameplay, I was, like, really sold on that, too, so... And I'm actually, for the first time, interested in a God of War game, which I never thought that would happen. So. Nice. The, the interesting thing, so it didn't make my list, and it's not because I didn't like it. I thought it looked cool. But I'm actually the opposite of you of that. I really liked the way the way they, they revealed it last year, and it did a whole lot for me of, like, this is... It, it gave you those tones of, this is still God of War, but this isn't the God of War you know. You know, kind of walk that fine line of, like, giving you familiar sure. things yeah. of being like, this is completely different. This year, nothing about the trailer was bad, but nothing about the trailer really excited me personally. And I I think it's honestly, for me, it's because at the end of that trailer, it was still a 2018 release date. Like, And it's not even that it was 2018. I think if it was a specific date they gave. So even if it wasn't 2017, if they're like March 28th, 2018. And I understand why Sony didn't do it. I'm not harping on them for that. But for me, watching that trailer and watching that demo, if that would have ended with a specific date, I think it wouldn't have took as much air out of it as it did for me, you know? Um... Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, this could be spring 2018, but the fact they didn't give it a solid release date means we might see this again at E3 next year. Um, and I know I'm, like, harping on it a little too much. Like, I really did enjoy God of War, but um, for which me, is that's why it's me. even, Which is why it's even weirder that since then, Sean Layden said that every game we said 2018 is in the first half. So then it's like, yeah, they, why didn't they, they put that in the show then? Exactly. The God of War team themselves have been adamant that it's early... 2018. So if it doesn't get delayed, then I think it'll be out before E3 next year. Fingers crossed. Yeah, maybe they're just hoping to get everything cleared away, and they'll obviously you'll probably if it does come out in the first half of 2018, you'll have that release date at PSX. But um, remember, I think Sony has quote kind of learned that they delay their stuff a lot, so they don't want to guarantee too much as far as a specific date. So yeah, um, my number my number four um, is Metro Exodus. We talked about this last week when we were talking about the reactions of... Uh, this did a lot for me at the Xbox Showcase because I love the Metro series. I'm glad it has a spotlight now. I think it has a chance to shine. 4A Games is a really good studio. Um, and for those of you wondering, uh, you know, at the beginning of the show I said this is gameplay only. That Metro Exodus reveal was gameplay. Uh, developers talked about it. It was just, you know, they removed the HUD. They did all that stuff. The areas where people thought it was really cinematic and really scripted with the bear and also when he's climbing up the ladder and kicks the dog creature down, those were QTEs that they removed a lot of the prompts and interactions with uh, just so it flowed better for editing and stuff like that. So it was 100% gameplay. Um, I'm excited. The biggest problem I had with this is post the reveal, people were talking about this because they saw the train, they thought it was open world. 
this game is an open world, which I'm thankful for, because I think yeah. the worst thing they could have done is be an open world game. That's not what Metro is. If you're familiar with the Metro series, there's it's linear progression. It's open. I would like to call it open linear. It's kind of like the Tomb Raider s kind of thing, where there's these these smaller open areas, but it, there is a, still a linear through line. Um, and I don't think Metro would work as an open world game in the sense of building its own identity. I think it would it would pro- it would look way better than Fallout 4, but it would be compared to that. It wouldn't be the scope of that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm thankful it's not open world, but Metro Exodus is huge, and we're probably going to see on Xbox's stage next year too when they do the full reveal of it coming out next year, early ni- uh, 2019, right? Um, I was just happy to see a game like this get recognition. It's kind of like probably how a lot of Witcher people felt. Not that Witcher and Witcher 2 weren't successful, but Witcher 3 getting that spotlight, you know, I think is really cool. And that's how I felt about Metro Exodus. So that's why it's number four. I'll I'll cut in in front of Jordan because my number four is also Metro. Um, Okay. So I pretty much agree with everything you said. Yeah, I would really prefer this. Not that I don't like open world games, of course, because I like them more than other games, really. But this, I think this is best served as a, as a linear, linear, um, or mostly single player experience. And the only thing I'll add besides that is it's was visually the best thing I think we saw, um, graphics wise, you know, at, at, Oh, beautiful. At, at everything in, yeah. in, in E3. And that's to be expected. The, the previous games are known to be, you know, the games that can push your PC the most. That's always what you benchmark against. So yeah, I love, I, it looks amazing. So I'm pumped for that too. Hey, you didn't play the first two, right? No, I actually have them. Yeah. PC, but they don't work. I hit a hard glitch. Uh, it just crashes. I uninstalled and reinstalled in the same exact spot. So I don't know. I gave up. Yeah. Mm. The cool thing too is the reason this is called Exodus is because the main character you've been going around. Uh, you know, it's it's there was a nuke that happened, and that's obviously why there's this post-apocalyptic vibe. And you kind of go around Serbia. I believe it's Serbia. I could be wrong about that. Um, and you know, you're in this like deep north of Russia kind of area. And Exodus is him finally leaving that area. Uh, the developer talked about there being four complete seasons. That's something we haven't seen because most of the first two Metro games took place in snowy areas. So actually seeing this this environment in like a very sunny summer or spring type vibe is going to be really cool. And I think that's probably something they're going to lock onto next year's E3 of showing it in summer and it in winter and all that stuff. So yeah, it's really cool to see it so high on your list considering you haven't played the first two. I think that shows that it demoed wow to people who weren't familiar with the series that's great uh jordan what's your number four so um obviously since i'm so different uh my number four game is a game called exodus comma metro really Um, oh shit sorry for jumping in front of you for no reason yeah thanks for cutting in dom thanks a lot it's cool Uh, that we all had the same position that's awesome yeah it's it's cool i uh think that this game was um, I think the Metro games were popular enough to warrant a third game in the series, but it definitely isn't something um, that was surefire, and they are, you know, more double-A, uh, smaller titles. Um, so it's very nice to see that it did show up, and I thought that just the way Microsoft positioned it, uh, to being at the beginning, um, was really cool just to see the game. Like, basically what you were saying, Jared, yeah. seeing this game get the recognition that it probably deserves um, I like Dom have the games but haven't played them yet so um, they're on PS4 so I know that they'll work and I can jump in <laughs> at some point <laughs> not as a slight against you I just yeah. I, you know what I mean the beauty um, of console gaming <laughs> yes exactly I, I don't have to worry about benchmarking and all that but uh, anyways I think that um, this game sure we have plenty of post-apocalyptic games and we have plenty of first-person shooters, but I think the way that this game presents itself um, in the world that it is in is still different. Um, it's different from The Division. It's different from Days Gone. Excuse me, and it doesn't really feel like the same old, same old when it comes to post-apocalyptic universes, so um, I am excited to see that part about it, and I was happy with that. Uh and yeah, the the stuff you're talking about with it not being open world, I definitely don't think this game needs to be open world, and so I'm happy that that's not being shoehorned in. Yeah, and the great thing too is Afori Games has a fantastic attention to detail. Um, like in that trailer, when he's walking into that building at the very beginning and he, li- he gets his lighter and he lights and the webs catch on fire, 
right. the, the lighter is a mechanic in the game. It's been in previous Metro games. That's not something that they're doing to show, look how pretty this, this spiderweb looks getting burned. Like That's actually something that's familiar with the series. Also, the filter mechanic is something you don't really see in other games uh, in the post-apocalyptic kind of thing. Um, right. It it kind of it kind of you know takes the radiation kind of stuff from Fallout in a different direction, and that's cool that that's returning. So, it's awesome Which that you even know, Metro Exodus is so high on our list. It's really cool. Even uh, in other post-apocalyptic games, a lot of the times uh, it doesn't necessarily affect your uh, moment-to-moment gameplay or your strategies either way. So it's cool to see that um, clearly this does affect. Not it's not just about the the world that you're in and the story being told. It's actually affecting your gameplay. Yeah. Also, if you don't have the first two Metro games, they go on sale all the time for super cheap. So yeah. if you're interested in Metro Exodus at all, I definitely suggest picking them up because they're fantastic games. Um, next up, uh, I guess we're going to number three. Number three on my list um, is Spider-Man. Uh, this is nice. a game that I actually debated. This game could have been one, two, or three for me, and I sat here figured, you know, thinking about it. Um, a lot of people had issues with the amount of QTE in the demo, which I thought was uncalled for, considering if, it, if you know it's an open-world game and you're in the specific mission, that doesn't mean that a bunch of those QTEs are going to translate to normal gameplay. Like, it's just something you should know from playing video games. I don't know. I thought that, yeah, I, I don't get that complaint either, Jared. Yeah, I, I like, if I'm in this mission and I'm going after Mr. Negative, and this is, like, these um, scripted moments that you've seen in Uncharted before. Like, I don't understand how so, so many people are like, you know, not all of Uncharted is, is quick time events. You know, there's a bunch right. of times in that game where you're not doing that. So, yeah, I didn't know about those. But um, the gameplay itself was really awesome. It kind of... It didn't surprise me because I expected this from Insomniac. It just kind of met, met what I expected, you know? It's like, it didn't surprise me, but it's like... It was what I was... It was what I was dreaming of seeing, and it just came uh, to be. I think the inclusion of a lot of the Easter eggs is really cool. We had the Daily Bugle Easter egg. We had the Harry Osborn Easter egg. Um, we had, obviously, Wilson Fisk, Kingpin showing up. Um, what was the Harry Osborn Easter egg? It was just the, the billboard. It's not like quote-unquote Easter egg, but it was like Harry Osborn running for mayor, which means they might oh, do okay. the timeline in which... Uh, they might do one of the timelines. I don't want to spend too much time harping on that. But there's a specific timeline in which... <laughs> Harry Osborn is running for mayor, and it's interesting because in that timeline, he's specific. Like Harry Osborn wants to come to power, but in that specific timeline, he's trying to become the leader of all organized crime, and that's interesting because they showed that billboard, but they also showed Wilson Fisk, who's also known for like the mob mentality, organized crime stuff. So, I wonder if that's going to be a thing of like, because you saw uh, Peter uh, Spider-Man working with Wilson Fisk. I wonder if there's going to be a lot of times in that game where the enemy of your enemy is your friend, you know? Right. So, like, you're yeah. going to have to help Wilson Fisk to take down Mr. Negative or take down the Green Goblin. Um, yeah, I thought the game looked beautiful. I thought the the web swinging looked great. They confirmed after the demonstration that all of the web swinging is 100% physics-based. The webs stick to the buildings. Um, and I thought the, the, you know, one of the biggest things in Spider-Man games is the movement and traversal. And I like that. I loved how he ran across the buildings and I also yeah. love you know a lot of, uh, last year when we saw him going through that cafe people were like oh is that like a cutscene or is it a scripted event it's it's like a choose your own adventure scripted event essentially when you go into those buildings because you you only control the stick but you can control what path you take which I think is yeah. really cool um, yeah I'm super excited for Spider-Man it could have ended up anywhere in the top three on my list and it met all of my expectations so I'm super stoked about it so, I got a big surprise for you guys. My number three is Spider-Man. <laughs> um, the reason that this is on here in this spot is Also, just so people know, we didn't tell each other our list. So this is all kind yeah, of surprise. Yeah, this is pretty funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, obviously, I'm a huge fan of superhero games. And, obviously, I'm also a huge fan of Insomniac games. So, this is... Uh, really a dream come true in a lot of ways I think that uh, the reason it's not higher on my list is because it definitely didn't um, show me anything that was necessarily unexpected like I expected there to be uncharted like QTE sequences I expected there to be um, you know kind of infiltration missions like he was doing at the beginning um, however I think 
this is really just because we hadn't seen solid gameplay um, other than little tiny clips in the original trailer but I think showing this in the way that they did with it being a decently long demo I think that it just solidifies like yes we know what we're doing yes we're we're on track with this game and it's going to be super solid if nothing else I think that's my biggest takeaway is just that it looks very solid it doesn't seem like um, you're going to be tripping up or you're going to have any issue with once you get into it and you know figure out your your style as Spider-Man I think you're just going to be able to um, really have a smooth experience and, and really enjoy yourself um, so yeah I mean there's not really anything negative to say at all so I just basically it's just there because I think it looks so solid and I am so um, happy that it's happening in the first place well Jordan do you sorry I, I don't mean to cut you off Dom all I want to say no, is I'm done. Uh, with Spider-Man it's kind of like a microcosm of Sony's show in a way for me personally is that I talked about God of War not being on my list and it's not because I wasn't I wasn't excited for that game it's just that nothing in that presentation elevated my anticipation for that game and I think right. Spider-Man's the same thing like I, I want to play that game, I want to get my hands on it, but they didn't do anything that was like a wow moment. And I think that was a big thing with Sony's conference of, they didn't have too many crazy valleys, but they didn't really even have any peaks. It was kind of just like a through line, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why people aren't super high on Sony's conference, not that it was bad. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument for it not being great, but like, there wasn't those peak moments that we're used to with Sony, where we got that last year with the reveal of God of War and the reveal right. of Spider-Man. I don't think there was th that many peaks. And yeah, the Spider-Man, I think or God of War would have been higher on our list, or at least Spider-Man, because I don't know if God of War is higher on your list, if we had those peak moments of, oh, I didn't see this coming, you know, so. Sorry, Don. Well, I, I think that's uh, pretty much the general consensus across the internet for this E3 uh, as a whole. I just don't think it was enough of a wow factor. You know, we, we kind of pine for E3 all year long, and then for it to really kind of just be an amalgamation of the trailers that we would have seen throughout the year anyways... Um, or the gameplay footage we would have seen throughout the year. I think that's a little bit uh, saddening just because we're so used to um, E3 being such a bang. Um, and I don't know why it was that way this year, but it just didn't seem like anybody was uh, firing on all cylinders, which at least, usually there's at least, you know, one or two companies that has that type of press conference. So, yeah. Uh, Dom, I didn't want to so cut you off. Sorry. Nope, we'll move on. So, surprise, surprise, my number three is Day is Gone. <laughs> okay, cool. I thought you were going to say Spider-Man. I was like, uh oh thought I'd lead, I thought I'd lead you guys on for a second. No. So, <clears throat> Day is Gone was kind of the opposite of what you guys are talking about. So, compared to what they showed last year, the Days Gone gameplay they showed this year did elevate my you know, anticipation, yeah, I would agree with anticipation you for this game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to a whole new level. Um, last year, I was like, yeah, that could be cool, but I don't know. It's kind of samey and generic feeling. This year, it was kind of, oh, okay, okay, I see what I see what's going on here. This looks this looks fantastic. Um, my favorite piece about it um, is the way they treat you know the horde of zombies as something you can kind of manipulate and use as a weapon. Very uh, very akin to what we've been seeing, especially lately in The Walking Dead. Um, if you've been keeping up on the show, they kind of, they've always from the start, you know, like you know, crash in to to the prison with a truck full of zombies and let them loose. But in the later seasons, they kind of try to manipulate these enormous hordes of zombies and canyons and do even grander scale things with them. And that's what that's the kind of vibes I was feeling from the Days Gone demo too. It's a good so, connection there. Yeah, I, that that kind of stuff is really cool. It's you know something that you don't really see a whole lot of, I mean, up, that's why The Walking Dead, that, that was one of the few good parts of the last uh, two seasons of the TV show, but um, but yeah, that, that was the one thing that stuck out to me most. Um, I still gotta be sold on, you know, the story and the character, or characters, because yeah. I don't really know what's going on there, and apparently he's not supposed to not be likable, but um, that remains to be seen, so. But everything else, I thought it looked fantastic, so I'm, I'm really pumped for this well, one. I think... I think you were right that it did elevate what it did last year because I think some of the demo stuff they showed at the beginning of the Sony conference and at the end when there was that weird demo, I think it did uplift that. My only concern with it is, like, I think that I'm worried about the narrative and everything in it because everything that we've heard about the character and 
honestly, like I, I like Walking Dead. Daryl uh, Dixon is one of my favorite characters in the show. If you ask me who I wanted to have a video game based around them, he would be my last answer. Um, I just don't think he's a very interesting character on his own, personally. Like, even in the show, and I, I'm making, obviously, assumptions. We don't know what this character is exactly like, but it's a dude fighting zombies on a bike. I can make a direct correlation there. Um, sure. But, like, you know, the, the best parts about Daryl is when Beth was alive, spoilers, and the relationship they had. And that's what kind of gives me promise, because if they do introduce that relationship of this guy being this the stoic asshole that you know no one likes and you're not actually going to like when you start the game and he's dealing with some bullshit and then you learn to like him based on his interactions with other people or uh, a love interest or something like that if that's done right I think that'll be really cool um, I do agree with you that the, the way they handle the horde stuff is cool some of the AI stuff was awkward like when he's behind the tent and he sets up the bear trap and the one guy goes and steps on it that's cool but for the whole camp to like run over there and surround him was kind of an odd choice for ai i think for like 14 people to go stay within one meter of the guy odd but were you gonna say something dumb i didn't i you yeah the story stuff i mean it's a complete closed book right it it remains to be seen it could be great yeah there's so much we don't know about it yet so we'll see um number two if I was a betting man, I would say that this is probably the game that I have on my list that you two don't. But it, I think Jordan might. Um, Anthem. Anthem's my number two game. Uh, nope. Yeah, I figured neither of you uh, would, would have it. Um, so for me, Anthem is everything I was promised with Destiny. Uh, and that's why I'm excited. <laughs> um, I think Anthem looks really cool. Uh, they showed off some really cool gameplay. It looks like there's going to be a lot of depth in the game. Obviously, we don't know a whole lot because the gameplay demo wasn't super long or anything. But the things that get me excited is that uh, your classes are going to be suit-based, meaning that depending on what suit you wear, you can have a different gameplay experience. One of the biggest issues, and I talked about this last week, I think, about with Destiny, is that it's class-based in the sense that it's your character, which means that in order to try out a new class, you have to create a new character, which kind of is... That doesn't play well with a lot of people, because that's a lot of grinding you have to do, right? And some people love that grinding, but some people don't. Um... So I think your class is being based on your suits and not necessarily the character itself, I think is really cool. Uh, the fact that this is BioWare's A-Team is really exciting to me. The fact that, and I might be butchering his name, Drew Carpetian. Is that how you pronounce his last name, Jordan? Uh, Carpetian. Carpetian. He, he, uh, he's been working in BioWare Austin on the MMO, the Star Wars MMO. Um, he wrote Mass Effect 1. He wrote KOTOR. Uh, he did a lot of, uh, the, you said the Star Wars books, right, Jordan? Because I wasn't super familiar with his work outside of Mass Effect 1 and KOTOR. He is the writer of the Darth Bane trilogy, which is a lot of people's uh, at the top of a lot of people's list of the old EU canon. And then he is also uh, he wrote the first three Mass Effect books uh, yeah. that tie into the game storylines in a really cool way. So this guy, he, he wrote Mass Effect 1 and 2. He didn't write 3, but like this guy knows what he's doing. So right there, that gets me Absolutely. excited because one of my major complaints with Destiny is there was no narrative, right? No yeah. story whatsoever. Um, and this gets me excited because I think, obviously, uh, you know, EA wants to get in on that Destiny money, but I do think they're smart enough to see that they're, in order to have people have a positive light on it, that there needs to be more to the game. And Bioware, the A-team, so as far as RPG mechanics, I think they will blow Destiny out of the water. Um, gunplay, I think, will be comparable, maybe slightly not as good as Destiny. Uh, you know, it, Mass Effect isn't really known for its overwhelmingly great gunplay, right? But I still think it'll be solid. Um, but their narrative, I think, is where they can definitely separate themselves from Destiny. Because even with Destiny 2, yeah, they're adding story elements, but it still is MMOE the way they present it. And I'm very confident in the way Bioware can present stories. Um, and this is a game that I was excited to see on Xbox's stage. Uh, I I didn't like the way EA handled it. Of like, I think it would, this would have played a lot better if we just saw it at Microsoft stage for the first time. I understand why EA was like... We're coming out with Anthem. Remember, it's EA's game. You'll see it at Microsoft stage, you know? Um, but I still think it would have been cool to have that clean reveal at Microsoft. Super excited about it. I know it might not be too high on your guys' list because it is so multiplayer intensive and that's not really your guys' interest. But I do know that you guys, if if they double down and say you can play the single player and it looks like a fantastic game, you guys are probably interested in it as well. So that's cool. Um, yeah, so that, that was the main reason why it wasn't on my list. Well... I didn't think they showed very much at all, but also uh, just the fact that 
it's really EA cashing in on the whole Destiny craze, the Division type craze, and which may not necessarily be totally a bad thing, but um, to see the way that uh, Bioware in general, all three studios, has been handled um, clearly with Andromeda, and um, then just kind of printing money with uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Um, this is not the direction that I want to see that studio go in, just because I think that they have, obviously they have a really special pedigree with the single-player RPGs, so I'm, yeah, I don't know enough about the game to know whether you could play it single-player or not, but um, if it weren't for Drew Carpishan being the writer, I might not even really be, you know, super hype on this game at all, unfortunately. Yeah, and like for me with Anthem, uh, for my personal interest, yeah, I don't think they dif- they didn't show a whole lot of the game, but they showed enough to get me interested at the very least. And yeah. the thing that has me excited about this is because it's weird that Destiny Two is coming out so close to Destiny, the first Destiny, in the sense of like you can obviously tell it's a sequel, but it's a more traditional sequel of like it doesn't look so much better, but they are adding stuff, you know. With this, right. this game has been in development for like five years, so. I right. 100% agree with you. We know this. It's EA cashing in on Destiny's success, but I do think it's it's a lot different than a quote-unquote quick cash, and this isn't Activision giving their license to some small studio to make a Spider-Man game for the movie, right? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. And I do think them... Normally, you don't really even hear about the writers of games, but I do think they're like, no, we have a good writer on this game because they've heard about the complaints of Destiny. I think that was a way of them getting you interested. Somebody who, yeah, there wasn't enough gameplay for me, I'm worried about what EA is doing with Bioware. I'm worried about a bunch of things, this being multiplayer only. Uh, and for them to come out with that writer, that at least got you interested. So I think it was a smart move on their part. Sure. And, um, and I agree with you. I think that's exactly what they were trying to do is like, hey, wait, 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 wait. We got a writer over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I don't want to spend too much time on Anthem. Uh, who wants to go next with their number two? Jordan? Sure. It is God of War. Nice. Um, the and I actually agree with a lot of what you said about God of War, Jared. That it wasn't, uh, you know, anything that you really didn't expect. But the biggest reason that it's up this high on my list is actually because, excuse me, I think they did a lot to distance this game. Obviously, they're trying to distance this game from um, the original God of War series in many different ways. Um, but specifically in this, uh, this trailer, I think they did a lot to distance it in the, all the right ways. I think, um, the fact, you know, um, the fact specifically that you're not about to fight the world serpent when he comes up out of the water, I think that is really interesting to turn that on its head because you are used to fighting these gigantic monstrosities throughout this game or throughout that game series I should say the original one um, so the fact that he seems to be more of an ally when he pops up is really cool um, and and just some of the different ways that they played on expectations with Kratos tossing his axe um, that is supposed to come back to him and it doesn't come back or um, not necessarily that the uh, comedy moment with the dwarf was that funny but it is just uh showing that they're at least introducing levity to the series and so just really the fact that they were breaking down a lot of the series conventions and showing the direction new directions that they're going in was very important to me and so that's why it's this high on my list and furthermore it just looks like a really stellar game i mean unfortunately it it is suffering from the sony first party um aesthetic that is looking to be a little too it seems like you know the uh, the other Sony first party studios are really just looking at what Naughty Dog's been doing over the years and really trying to fit that aesthetic into um, whatever their game may be, whether it's Horizon or God of War or Days Gone. So that's unfortunate, um, but I definitely think this game is going to differentiate itself from the rest of Sony far- Sony's first party stable. So. Um, I'm very excited about this game. I think it's going to be really good. If nothing else, uh, just seeing the way that they're um, acting out these cutscenes and the emotion that it brings, um, even in the tiny little bits that we got, uh, I'm really excited just for the story of this game. Uh, one of the my favorite parts of the, the God of War thing that I don't think you mentioned, but 
you probably like too is when they show Kratos staring at the the vase with him on it. Right. Yeah. I think that was really cool too. Very cool. Also, just it it still did have the badass God of War moments, yeah. like when he's jumping up on top of that troll who has the giant pillar in his hand, and he sticks his axe, in, axe into the pillar and then yanks the pillar down on top of the guy's head, and it's like they're not doing the thing where they're just trying to go for gore as hard as they can. They're really just going for the fact that, like, yeah, Kratos is still a bad motherfucker that you don't want to mess with. So, um, I like that that part isn't missing. Yeah. Uh, Tom, what's your number two? All right, number two. This might be a surprise to you guys. I have Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. Number two. I think we might. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> what could that mean? Anyway, I think we might hear this again um, before our conversation is done here, but <clears throat> we'll see. So this game, I actually I don't think the the trailer necessarily blew me away by any means um, as a trailer. What? Um, don't. I mean, that was, was cool. one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Period. Yeah, no, it was a cool trailer, but I was yeah, like this is good. This is exactly what I want. Um, it did. Going back to your point, you guys' point earlier, it didn't like bring me to a whole new level of hype or yeah. anticipation because I'm so I'm already there with this game. Okay, yeah, you're much already more. running um, full power. Yeah, no, it was a good trailer. It was a great trailer. Um, uh, especially that that song that was playing. It stuck in my head. I can't think of the words. Oh but, man, you know one up girl. About. That's my fucking jam. So, like I said uh, last week, this this is the game. This is the sequel to Super Mario 64 that I've been waiting for, and it's finally here. Um, you can get on their case about why did it take so long and what were they doing. Um, but then I guess the easy response would be, like, the Galaxy games are awesome. But I don't know anything about that. So this is the Mario game that I've been wanting for years. So I'm super super pumped for this. Um, I watched a little bit of gameplay demos afterwards, only that, that desert level. Um, only, you know, ten minutes or so. And then I told myself, you know what, that's it. I don't want to see any more. Yeah, I don't cut yourself off. These worlds. I don't want to see like how to get the moons right i don't want to see i was tired of seeing all those damn costumes like get that shit out of there man yeah yeah and it's totally culturally appropriating the culture no i'm just kidding Um, (laughs) no not that i'm just saying i'm excited to (laughs) be surprised by them um but yeah no it, it all it all looks good it looks exactly what i want um lots of cool little not gimmicks but little you know where you jump on the wall and you go 2d for a part of the 3d level stuff like that you know they're adding cool new stuff like that um, uh, thank God it, you don't have to restart the level when you get a moon like you did in uh, 64. That would be very archaic if they kept that around. But that's no, you don't. That they've already shown that in gameplay that once you collect a moon, right, you right. can continue playing. Yeah. Also, the weird thing that we didn't talk about is like the fact that there's like a date underneath, which is weird. Like when you collect a moon, there's a date attached to it, so people are speculating right. with like right. a, a timestamp. Yeah, there's going to be something involved with that, or of leaderboards, or. Like some achieve, quote unquote achievement based system or something like that. Um, yeah, I did, did you have anything Trophy else to say, Dom? Um, hmm, I thought I had one more thing. Oh, um, the the release date. Um, I think you know joyfully caught us a little bit off guard. Me, like Jared, I know you and I were both um, afraid that this was gonna slip and get delayed. Yeah. So it was nice to have them confirm like a solid exact date. You know, and and earlier than we probably would have thought too. So I was. That was a that was a good nice little piece that I'm glad they threw in there. Yeah, I was expecting like mid late November, honestly, and then I was right, like, oh wow, right. um, the date that everybody chose. Uh, <laughs> I think the biggest I don't you know you you touched on a lot of stuff. Obviously, we're at the number one. Odyssey is my number one. Um, I think the only thing I want to add is that this game is the reason I'm going to be buying a Switch this year. Uh, I had talked about before we even really knew about this game that I was on the fence of even getting a Switch this year. Not that I don't want one, but I'm okay with not buying something at launch or near launch, waiting for there to be more things I want. And not that Breath of the Wild is a bad game, or not that I'm not interested in it, but it's on a system seller for me personally. And with Super Besides Mario, Zelda, I don't think you're missing too much. And besides Mario and Zelda, you wouldn't be missing too much this year, I'd say. Exactly, yeah. And uh, uh, with Super Mario Odyssey, it's like it's going to make me buy a Switch, which that's what Nintendo wants, and that's great. Um, and I do think one one thing that I want to talk about is during the Treehouse demo. In uh, New Donk City, you there's a part where you could actually find uh, Captain Toad from Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker on one of the support beams, which is cool, nice. because I don't know if that's a nod to you being able to, A, use an amiibo on the game, 
which is probably a case. B, them hinting at the next port from Wii U is going to be Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker, which I would personally be super stoked for. I really want to play that game. Um, or what exactly that is. Or we're just going to see cameos from other characters, which I think showing off Captain Toad in um, the Treehouse event is smart for Odyssey because you that game is so good you don't need to have those. With Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, I think even though that game did demo very well for us and we it got us more excited than we thought we would ever be, I think they still were personally worried, and that's like we need to have this Donkey Kong moment at the end of it, you know, just for the people that are on their on on, on the edge of whether they're even interested or not. Having like a cameo is cool, and I think that with Super Mario Odyssey, I'm glad that they didn't show too much of that because, you know, New Donk City, there being Pauline, it's like Donkey Kong City. Will there be Donkey Kong? Will you see him? Will there be Diddy Kong? Like, we don't know, and that's cool, right? Um, and I do agree with you, Dom, of, like, I watched this stuff during the, the spotlight, and then I was looking at the treehouse a little bit, and I was like, actually, no, I'm good. You know, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just going exactly. to close this. Because you want to sit there and watch, and like, oh, I can't wait to play this, but you're also like, eh. And like you said, this is the sequel to 64 I've wanted. The Galaxy uh, games and Sunshine were fine games. They're not bad games, obviously, but they weren't what I wanted next for 3D Mario. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, Jordan, you can go hit us with your number one. Yeah, so my number one is also Odyssey, and um, I think the biggest reason that it's at the top of my list is because it actually does what uh, Zelda didn't do for me, and I'm not saying that um, the reason it's at the top of my list is in spite of Zelda, I think the reason that it's at the top of my list is because it's doing a lot of things that really do feel new and fresh and almost uh, unbelievable, like super surprising when you see him jump into 2D mode on the wall, right? That was um, super cool, yeah. Oh, right, man. and uh, that's basically what people were saying about Zelda last year, and I felt like that wasn't necessarily deserved because I don't think it did anything that was just... Well um, blowing the doors wide open for the future, but really Jordan, you made just a good happy point. to see. Sorry to interrupt you. But you made a good point headed. of like the two D thing. Man, it would be cool to see a link between worlds, which is where Mario got this idea from, in right. that three D space. Like that would have been a cool mechanic that would have been part of Breath of the Wild, and that would have added a whole new dimension. But like, it's just so, so cool to see that implemented in Odyssey. So, such right. a cool reveal, yeah. Yeah. So just the direction they're headed in, and also the fact that. Uh, like I said, I think that trailer specifically was one of the best trailers I've seen in a long time. The music, um, it's like Persona 5 level awesomeness um, coming out of Japan with their uh, fervent love of jazz, which I'm uh, kind of obsessed with. So uh, to see that, I was very excited uh, just for the soundtrack. And then, um, yeah, just the way that they presented um, not Mario possessing other characters, but capturing them as Nintendo has stated. Um, I'm just really excited to see the direction, or to see that this is the direction that they're going with that series. Yeah. Uh, Dom, it's your number one. I'm assuming it's the Darwin Project. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. No, it's, uh, it's, it's that random-ass thing that Elijah Wood revealed that's uh, like transcendence? A, game, a game within a game or whatever. Transference, not transcendence, transference. <clears throat> Go ahead, I actually Dom. like this. Do you guys actually, like, what would you guess... My number one. Uh, I, there's some good it's not God of War. Have you is Spider Man already on your list? Nope. That is so it, it could Spidey? be Spider Man. It could be Spider Man. I don't think it'd be anything. It's Spidey, else. isn't it? I don't is it Spider Man? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna lay it out. This is fun, uh, making you guys guess, but no, it's Wolfenstein. Um, oh, oh cool. of course. Cool of good course pick. you just recently played the first one. Yeah, yeah so it's exactly. like super maybe... high is on his mind, yeah. Maybe it, that's a product of, of me having just played the first one and loved it so much. But either way, I thought that trailer was absolutely fantastic. It was yeah, everything yeah. I wanted out of this game and more. Um, and I didn't really know necessarily what I wanted out of it coming in. I, we knew it was coming, most likely. But I hadn't thought about it too much. Whereas Odyssey, I kind of, you know, I knew exactly what it was going to be for the most part. Save right. for, you know, the cool hat mechanic. But with right. Wolfenstein, Possessing I didn't have as much... Yeah, but, yeah, that is something though. But with <laughs> Wolfenstein, I didn't have as much you know thought about it beforehand. So seeing that trailer, I was like, oh wow, okay, that's right. I Just the this. cast of characters that they introduced, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, man, so we, cool. We talked about it a lot last week and how cool that trailer was, and the gameplay looks fantastic. Um, it's a huge visual upgrade, which I can definitely appreciate from the first one. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything about it just got me super anticipated for this game, which October twenty seventh. It's it's the day. <laughs> um, the day probably the first day ever that I buy two full price games on release. Actually. Oh wow. I haven't never thought about that. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably gonna happen. So definitely looking forward to Wolfenstein um, and like Mario Odyssey also was pleasantly surprised to hear the release date I think I had predicted um, it would end up being a spring 2018 game yeah we uh, assumed it was going to take the times. Doom Prey slot for Bethesda and they were like no it's coming out this year which exactly is super we definitely cool. we definitely didn't expect both Wolfenstein and the Evil Within to come out this year this fall yeah Right, which so is dumb. Crazy, but yeah. I'm glad to hear you're excited about getting both Assassin's Creed Origins and Wolfenstein <laughs> 2 on October 27th. Um, which yep, do you those think are you'll the be playing more of? That's funny. I think I'll be playing uh, Super Mario Odyssey more. Actually. But, and oh, the, okay. I thought you were going to wait a while for that one. The interesting thing is that, uh, you know, we had a limit to, to five games, and like I agree with Jordan that this wasn't like a crazy great year for, for E3, but I do think it wasn't one of the low years either. I think it was pretty steady across the board, you know. Pretty um, solid, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think now, uh, you know, we don't really need to talk. It's evident. Our game of the show is Super Mario Odyssey, if you add up all the numbers. Um, Wolfenstein 2, good pick. That was actually one of the ones that was that was on my on my initial list, and I kind of scratched it off, not because I'm not excited for Wolfenstein 2, but... So the, the interesting points here, Wolfenstein didn't make either of your guys' list, and Spider-Man did not make mine at all either, so... Exactly, yeah. yeah well. I think, let's see, Odyssey made all three of our lists... And Exodus made all three of our lists. I think those yeah. are the only two that made all three of our lists, which is interesting. Um, which I'm excited for Metro Exodus being on both your guys' lists. That really excites oh, me. Oh man, yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're, we have enough time for a couple of bonus topics. Uh, the first one is gonna be um, the biggest reveal. So this is like a game that we didn't know existed, or at least a game we hadn't seen before E3. So you know, Mario bonus plus Rabbit's Kingdom topics. Battle. Um, we had the leaks, but it wasn't a known quantity as far as it actually existing until E3, right? So that counts. Um, for So this one is kind of towing the line. Uh, this could not really count, um, but I'm going to go with Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, and the reason I say that is I, I, normally I would have probably went with Anthem or something, but just for, you know, so, to talk about something different. Beyond Good and Evil 2, this game... This not necessarily this game, but a follow-up to Beyond Good and Evil has been in development for way too long. Uh, on Cell has come out and said before E3 that we weren't going to see it at all. I love the trailer. People can have their gripes about it being cinematic and all this stuff, and we might not see this game for a while. That's fine. For me, I think about it in the moment of me watching the Ubisoft press conference, that trailer coming up, and enjoying it. I think it was the one time throughout all of E3 that I was grinning ear to ear. Like I loved that trailer so much. And yeah, I didn't show off a lot of the gameplay mechanics and yada yada yada, but I, I just thought it was super enjoyable. Um, I, I, I like really loved it. For me personally, it's cool to know Metroid Prime 4 exists, but a logo does absolutely nothing for me. Like literally nothing for me. It's like cool. It's being worked on. I think a cinematic trailer, you want to have gameplay right above all else, but like I think a cinematic trailer is better to me than, than a logo and... Um, that's. I just wanted to clarify because I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, Metroid Prime Four, but the fresh, the frustrating part about that. I mean, obviously, it's a big reveal that it's Metroid Prime game and not just a Metroid game. But the fact is that when everyone was complaining about Federation Force, Reggie Fizeme came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna be talking about, you know, like a real deal Metroid next year." And so for them to come out and just say, "Yeah, it's Prime 4, I mean, that is a little bit. I know for. Metroid Prime and Metroid fans in general, it's very exciting to finally have that back and also to have the 2D Metroid coming as well. But just the fact that, I mean, we already knew this was going to happen eventually, especially sometime this year, and then basically the only thing we didn't know was that it was a Prime game. So I'm with you there, Jared. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to add is uh, clarification on Cell has made, and obviously this game is early in development, so a lot of things can change, but as far as the initial vision of the game... A lot of people thought that you're going to be playing as Nox, which is the monkey character in the game, and then the girl who has like jade kind of eyes. This is a prequel to Beyond Good and Evil, if you didn't know. Um, he actually stated, though, in an interview afterwards, is that you're going to create your character at the beginning of the game, which that gets me excited because, uh, you know, this whole thing is about animal-human hybrids being slaves in this in this world, and right. I think you'll have the option of picking a normal human, but man, getting the option to choose what kind of like animal-human hybrid I get to be like. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool to me because, like, 
I would love to be a rhino, or I would love to be like, like a killer Fucking whale, lion. Yeah, just like there's so many really cool options, and the early gameplay demo stuff that they've they showed off screen and like other interviews, is really early, but a lot of the tech they have in place is super impressive, um, and that's why it was my big my favorite announcement is obviously this game isn't coming out for a while, yada yada. You can make all your gripes, but that cinematic trailer, I absolutely loved, and that's all I want to say. So. So, uh, retreading water. My favorite announcement is Metro. Um, it made my top five. Yeah. This was a new game announcement that we had no idea. Um, there were no leaks, I think. No one was even really, at least no one I know, was expecting you know this to come out soon. It wasn't like a... It's about that time that we get a new Metro game. Like, there was like, no, nothing we, like that. We so. knew 4A was developing one, but no one ever... Like, I didn't even think that it would come anytime soon. Like, not a chance. Sure, yeah. right. Yeah, so... I mean, I already talked about it at length, but it looks fa- it looks phenomenal. So that's the that's the easy favorite announcement for me. Um, coming close, Shadow of the Colossus, not my thing. Never played the original, but it is cool that it's getting remade um, from the ground up. So it might be something I get into, but still, I think Don't Metro you, was a better. New my one my one problem with that Shadow of the Colossus thing is it has nothing to do with the game and it being a remake, whatever. I think they really blue balls a lot of people when they, the the imagery they showed beforehand, and then they're yes. like Studio Japan, like Blue right. Point, and you're like what? And then it's like oh, it Shadow of the Colossus. It looks exactly. It looks very similar to like the Hunter's Dream in the background, and then yeah. you see Studio Japan come up. You're like yeah. oh, so this is Bloodborne two made by Studio Japan without From Software. That's where yeah. we're going, you know. I had forgotten all about it, so you know what? Fuck that game. Take back. Let's let's <laughs> cut that part out that I even mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the the blue ball stuff and the weird thing too is I think we talked about this last week so I don't want to go on it too much we can get to Jordan's announce but I really think that Sony was banking on that being their wow moment of like oh something new we hadn't seen coming right and I don't think it really hit that for people I think a lot of people are excited that that's coming out but it didn't have that wow factor of that one announcement we're used to, at, at the very least that one announcement we're used to seeing from Sony conferences and I really do think they were banking on that being their oh my god it's happening but people were like oh, that's really cool, you know? I just don't think I it think, hit what Sony expected. I think people would have been more excited about it if they had had more time to breathe since the tumultuous development cycle of The Last Guardian. You yeah. Know? Regardless of the fact that this isn't being made by Team Eco, it still is fresh on a lot of gamers' minds, so I'm just not sure what Sony was thinking. To me, I think uh, this is a way for them to recoup costs in The Last Guardian of, like... You know, Blue Point already did the HD uh, version of Shadow of the Colossus for PS3, right? Am I correct about sure. that? Sure. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's like them like, okay, let's remake this from the ground up. It won't take too much resources. If people really like Shadow of the Colossus, they'll hear Last Guardian is the sequel to that, which it's really a third game because we don't know about Eco coming out, right? Yeah. And I think it's them of like trying to sell more copies of Last Guardian in an offhand way, not directly, but like, you know, it's an interesting sure. way to go about it. Um, yeah, what it's- was... Just a little side note, I'm starting to wonder about all these remakes, like, you know, uh, now that they're remaking this game for PS4, and then you also have Last Guardian on PS4, well then is there uh, a need for them to remake Eco so that the whole trilogy is on PS4? I mean, I'm not saying that that's required, but it just kind of feels like there's going to be people asking for that now, you know? If I was them, when I... If I were to remake Eco at that point, I would just release it, not even standalone. I would release it as a triple pack with Shadow uh, Remaster and and Last Guardian. I think that'd be the best way to do it because it'd be weird to like release one like Shadow of the Colossus and then Eco individual because I think Shadow of the Colossus just from a trailer perspective sells itself way more than Eco or Last Guardian just because it's oh, yeah. a small person fighting a bunch of large enemies that's just like exciting to gamers. Um, it's just gonna be weird when people are like. Well, I played the first game. Now I got to go for the second game before I play Last Guardian, and you got to go all the way back to your PS3 or PS2. I, I don't know. It, it, I guess you see what I'm getting. Yeah. At. It's yeah. Weird. Uh, what was your biggest announcement, though? Or your favorite announcement, Jordan? So mine was also Beyond Good and Evil. I think um, it was a little bit upsetting to me that they weren't further along in development to be able to show, show some true gameplay. Yeah. But uh, it was such a great CG trailer, and. Um, it is a game that you know has been needing to happen it's one of these like excuse me last guardian slash final fantasy 7 remake that a lot of people have been hungry for for a long time so i think that it's very exciting that it is you know they've been saying no we are we are back to working on it but still it is exciting to see that um it's a real thing and it is coming and um you know they've got 
a lot of the outline together about what the world is and what the story is and um, yeah there's just a lot of character in that trailer man there's a lot of uh, new and fresh stuff that I feel like we don't see a lot in video games so um, shout very out to, excited to see more of that game shout out to Black Woman with Afros we had one in Wolfenstein 2 and we had one in Bianca de Evil 2 that's awesome all about that shit man um, I think another interesting thing so I don't know if you guys feel the same way you might be different but for me, with the reveal trailer, the number one thing it has to do is sell me on the world. Whether it's cinematic, whether yeah. it's gameplay, whether it's a mixture of both, it has to sell me on the world, and Beyond Good and Evil 2 cinematic trailer did that. Like, I am super Absolutely. sold on that world, 100%. Yeah. Um, and the, the it's all, like, people talk about escalation and stuff like that, but I think the greatest thing it did in regards to it expressing the vision for the game is that Ansel has talked about he wants it to be about the small, tiny, intimate moments, as well as uh, the things that happen on a grander scale, and you saw that from them going all the way inside a tiny little shop where he's having a specific interaction with one person to them flying out into the universe at the end of it, right? And I think yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. That was communicated really well. So, um, yeah, I think we're closing up now. Those are all our favorite announcements. We talked about our game of the show, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, it was funny that we had a lot of things end up on the same spot on our list and that we had some different things, like... For Wolfenstein 2 to be on Dom's list and not be on either of ours, you know, which is really crazy. I think right. the biggest surprise as far as our lists go is, like I said earlier, Metro Exodus being on all three of our lists. Um, that's not, not that it speaks to the quality of the game. It's just that I didn't know if it did enough to move the needle for you guys, right? Um, Dude, it looks awesome. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, next week, we're going to get back to our normal um, show where we talk about the news and then we get into topics. Uh, this was our E3 wrap-up. Uh, before we head out, guys, do you have anything to say about E3? You want any final statements for this year? I guess I'll go while you guys think if you want. Um, for me, uh, we've talked about it multiple times. I think it wasn't a fantastic year for E3, but I don't think it was a down year. Um, there wasn't as many peaks. There wasn't as many valleys, but I do think it was a very solid year. This was one of, the, for me personally, this was one of the hardest years to pick a quote-unquote loser, like the absolute worst conference. I think even like you know, EA or Sony, to me personally, that were kind of like the lower ones for me, weren't even bad. I think they were still good conferences. Um, so, yeah, I think E3 was solid this year, but it wasn't a wow year. I agree with you on that, Jordan. I think I mean, the biggest disappointment is more about the stuff that we didn't see as opposed to the stuff we did. Uh, yeah, the lack of Sucker point. Punch game, the lack of Bloodborne 2, um... And there's there's plenty of other things, you know, the lack of Amy Hennig's Star Wars games. Not a single and Halo game, which is kind of a big deal too. I mean, not yeah, having a Halo but, game is weird. But specifically, the kind of excuses that went into, oh, it's Battlefronts here, so we're not going to show Amy Hennig's game. Oh, uh, we as Sony are are basically just banking these announcements for PSX later this year, so that's probably when we're going to see Sucker Punch or Bloodborne two, and. Um, I don't know. I just don't like that approach to it. I think that, um, you know, I think like Shadow of the Colossus would be a great PSX reveal, whereas I think Sucker Punch deserves the spotlight yep. at E3. So Swap those. it is upsetting. That's my biggest takeaway is more what we missed as opposed to what we got. Good perspective. So I got, I got, I think Nintendo is now officially back in the conversation. They are that how you will. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. I agree. They had they had the Switch. They had Breath of the Wild. But I think this E3 was really where they you know got up that morning, looked at everyone, and said, "Hey guys, we're here." Yeah. Yeah. Also, if it's if, not fun, why is it a game? If it's not a game, why is it a battle? If it's not a battle, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, if you're not tripping right now, <laughs> why are you watching Reggie Reggie Fizeme? Exactly. Um, also, one qu quick note. Whoever works at Sony PR, if you can please put duct tape over Jim Ryan's mouth, because <laughs> that guy is not doing anyone any favors. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think Indies it, don't matter. And it's, half of this crap he says, like, it's not even about how he, it's not even about, it's like a mixture of how he said it and why is he saying it at all anyways. It's like, just stop yeah, talking, Yeah, it's like, dude. they're not even asking you about that specifically, and you're just like, let me shit on indies real quick. Yeah, Sean Layden's sitting there, and Jim Ryan's like, hold my beer, and he walks out on stage. Um, yeah, so next week we'll get back to our regular show, guys. Thank you guys for listening to our E3 wrap-up. Um, I think we had a good conversation about all our favorite games that we saw. Um, and yeah, I think... Oh, by the way, uh, it was a tie between everybody but me for the predictions. I forgot to talk about that. Don't need to get into it. I did horribly. 
And I, looking back on it, some of the choices I made for other predictions, I just thought that there were too too easy of predictions and ne- next year I'm going to just bank those because I don't want to be the only person without zero points. Um, All that shit I took about Marvel having a uh, exclusive Xbox game, huh boys? Or the the name of the new Xbox Scorpio, huh? Yeah? Yeah? yeah man. Uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening and or watching. Please <laughs> leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It definitely helps. I updated the iTunes cover. Uh, looks pretty good now. Uh, it looked fine before, but just upgrade. Let me upgrade. Uh, that's pretty much it. Please subscribe to us on YouTube, even if you don't watch the YouTube videos. We're like a couple of subscribers away from custom URL. So close. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.